Welcome to Word You Literary. I'm your host, Jonathan. And I'm Kenny. And today we're getting together to talk about cyberpunk edge runners. And just so you're aware, we will be spoiling as much as possible. Yep, Pretty sure gonna... I enjoy just a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to keep throwing that disclaimer in here, even though we know full well that you're here for that. You're here to hear about the shows and the stuff that we watch, the movies, the, all that. So we know you're expecting spoilers, but I feel there's just going to be that one time where we don't mention it and somebody's going to get upset. It's bound to happen. Somebody always gets upset about something. We're just going to roll with it. Exactly. So we're going to talk about what kind of ended up being unexpected and so far pretty awesome anime by Netflix. That is true. It has quite revitalized the cyberpunk game for a lot of people as well as just bringing in a lot of new lore and a lot of interesting visuals. Just off the bat, it was almost sensory overwhelming, just the visual aesthetics going on. It was very intense. There was just that we're immediately introduced to a ridiculously strong-looking cybered-out dude. He's got all sorts of augments, and my goodness, when he showed up on screen, I was like, this is going to start off interesting. And lo and behold, they go right into what a uh, might as well call it a murder fest. There was a lot of people dying, a lot of gore and out of nowhere even. And of course, they explain later that it was they called it cyber psychosis, like their cyber psychosis. Yeah. So I don't know if the series. So we're up to episode four currently. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about here. And I. Don't remember if they fully delved into the cyberpsychosis just yet, but that's one of the great things I'm finding about the series is it's not holding your hand the entire way. Like it drops things and just expects you to roll with it, but it never feels like it's laughing at us or treating us like idiots. There's a lot of nomenclature, a lot of things like chum and gonk and I believe they do say cyber psychosis. They just don't explain what all that means yet. They're giving little drops of hints, just saying, hey, this is going to come up later. You might might want to prepare for that. You might want to get ready to understand what this means and the adverse effects that it may have. And it's really nice that this show isn't trying to explain everything in great detail. Correct. It's quite enjoyable. Like it's trusting us to just be able to follow along without getting lost, which is enjoyable. It's definitely a change of pace from a lot of things that just holds your hand through the entire thing and doesn't trust you. And with that, we the first episode was very capturing. It brings you in. It makes you want to experience what's going to happen next. There's not a lot of concern with getting hooked. It does a good job of giving you a reason to stay interested right off the rip by showing us this cyber psycho who mows down a bunch of authorities. And then we're afterward introduced to our main character, David, who was actually experiencing that initial scene through what is referred to as an illegal brain dance. And it was a great hook. It brought me into the show, made me want to understand more of what was going on. And I ran with it, right? We burned through the first four episodes of the show in one go. It was a wild ride coming into it because it starts us off in such an exciting way. 
as dark as it may have been. But then it also takes us in a totally unexpected direction for the first episode. They introduce us to David. They introduce us to his mother, Gloria. They are obviously a little bit on the lower end of Night City society wise. Like they're working hard for being able to put David through school. And he seems only half hip with it. But then they take us through this just like introduction of David as a seems like he's special. He has something going on with him that makes him different from the rest. And yet he's not super interested in school, but he's also seemingly rebelling against it because of what the school is. And that was Arasaka, right? Arasaka Academy. Yes. Yeah. Arasaka Academy. So one of uh, essentially the cyber factions and right. That's what they were in the game. Cyber factions. No. So Arasaka is one of the largest corporations, I think, on the planet. So oh, here to play the game, you can start as one of three different like origins. I forget if that's what they call it, but like yeah. kind of the background for your character. There's Nomad, which he grew up in the desert outside Night City, part of the family and the clans out there. You're a street kid, so you grew up on the streets of Night City, or you're Corpo, and so you essentially worked for one of the large corporations. And I believe it's Arasaka is what you work for. Yeah. Yep. And so Arasaka's kind of got like a reputation as it were and david doesn't seem too keen on it but the sum up of episode one that made it so interesting was that it took a really quick turn for the worse when david came across a augment that or actually no gloria came across the augment and brought it home and then david saw it and anyways the augment was important to a particular individual and they didn't necessarily go after Gloria and David. They just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, coming back from David making a mess at the academy. Correct. It's almost just like a random drive-by that they just got caught in the middle of. And they take us to a scene where we learn that insurance is only going to do as much as you're willing to pay. And if you're not willing to pay enough, you may not get to live. They Correct. definitely lead us on to believe that Gloria might make it, right? But then they really rub it in your face that you need to have a high enough level of insurance for them to do what is necessary to keep you alive. And it was even worse than that. There's the trauma team who shows up at the accident. They check her out. Oh, doesn't have insurance. They're going to leave her. So he, so David has to take her to a back alley dock who then, yeah, we get these two scenes and you know, the first one seems very uplifting, very hopeful. She's going to make it. And then, oh, the follow-up scene, and she's dead. Yeah. Sucks to be you. Here's your stuff. It was a surprise. I will say that I thought that they were going to give us that she's going to be alive for a little bit longer, or at the very least something to keep her in the story for a little while. But no, they just went ahead and said she's not going to make it. And the next scene was David walking home with her urn. And you're just kind of like, oh, all right. But the way that this whole thing unfolded just made you go, OK, what happens next? Jumped right into episode two. And at this point, I do want to know from you, Jonathan, because I've only put in a whopping, I don't know, 
three, four hours into Cyberpunk. I, I honestly don't remember what I told you last time, but I know that you yeah. put in significantly more time than I have. And so, what do well, you think yes, I have? A big part of that is I think it ran the background at one point, but I do have a lot of time. And comparatively, I love that it's this cross media lore and franchise. Like, I love that. As he's, as we're watching the anime and they're going through Night City, you can see landmarks that look exactly like they do in the game. And having the anime come out since, there's stuff in the game that you can now find that reference the anime. And it's cool little Easter eggs that kind of play off each other that help add more to the world without feeling like you have to have it. Like you have to know what goes on in one to enjoy the other rather than being nice supplemental story. And for me, that's huge. I, I love these large franchises that are, get really deep. You enjoy Marvel, but it gets to a point where I really just want to see different stories in the same universe that don't necessarily have to have any kind of crossover. They just help build each other out. And especially starting to involve games, that is awesome. To me, that brings a lot of enjoyment. I think games are a great medium for telling certain stories. You get really bogged down in certain aspects of canon, and if you get multiple choice, and how do you make that work? And maybe we'll see some kind of issue with the cyberpunk as we go forward. But as it currently stands, like they're only tangibly related. But they're in the same universe, and that's enough for me. It's, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah, and that is honestly super cool. I would say, for me, I find it super interesting that this show has done what it's done already and taken off in a way that reinvigorated the video game side of it. Because I, I picked up Cyberpunk when it came out. I remember when they first started talking about it. I was super stoked about cyberpunk 2077 because it looked like an incredible game i didn't realize who was making it at the time i didn't have any clue that it had the same developers as the witcher and so i was one of those i didn't know any background on it and when the game came out i was just super stoked to pick it up and give it a try and i don't know why i think okay to be honest i think it was because at the time i was streaming pretty regularly on twitch and we found out at the time that there was certain content within the game itself that wouldn't be streamable and then on top of that there was also like issues with dmca as far as music but that's neither here nor there the main thing to note right now though is that this game came out two years ago that's how long cyberpunk's been available for to play on pc or console and it's and been a struggle for them it I has mean, been a lot rough. of issues the game had so little interaction after, I don't know, probably the first six months or so. And the fact that there was so many bugs. And the reason that I'm bringing it up is because I'm curious to know if there was a little bit of planning involved with CD Projekt Red deciding to go ahead and release the rights for an anime with Netflix. And then the idea that once they got everything patched up and clean because at this point, from what I understand, the game plays pretty dang well now. And if that's the case, it makes me wonder if there was a little bit of, hey, Netflix, let's make this super good so people want to play our game again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do genuinely wonder if there was a little bit of that going on. It takes a while, obviously, to write and create an anime. So I can imagine that 
it was probably already in the works two years ago when the game released. It's not like they just started this six months ago and they put it out. I could be wrong, but I would imagine that's not the case. No, I think you're right. Yeah, so I really wonder how much of this was coordinated with Netflix as far as trying to get people back on their game and as well as enjoying the anime itself. And it goes to show that this anime is done incredibly well for the game because they recently suggested that it exceeded the peak player count pretty recently with, I think, Witcher 3, which had the highest of all time or something like that. And currently, as of the recording that we're doing right now, there is almost 72,000 people playing Cyberpunk 2077 at this moment. And that is a massive, massive increase. Like we're talking hundreds of percent, if not maybe even thousands of percent difference to the number of people who were playing prior to the anime coming out. So just an interesting little tidbit there. Getting back on track, though, the show takes us into the cyberpunk world pretty quickly the edge runner world pretty quickly because in the second episode we i guess a little bit of quick back detail from the first one was that there's a guy from arasaka academy who is an absolute asshole just straight up a twat yeah he was horrible to david and so david was like i'm fed up i want this augment that my mother died over and he goes to a what do they call him? A Ripper Doc. Ripper Doc. That's right. And they and he gets the augment put on his spine and they do not spare you the fact that like the way they do that in that era is very much still pain induced. They don't even put them under for it. They just give him a bite stick and wish him luck. Probably can't afford to go to the better Ripper Doc that will put you under. Yeah. But do you ever experience a good Ripper Doc? <laughs> yeah. Victor, oh. he's the number one Ripper Doc in the city. Okay, okay. He's your boy. He's the one who will, who will take care of you? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Then we're quickly introduced to the fact that he's now on the edge runner side of, of the city, and it really is taking off from there. He's getting more involved with the edge runners while still playing around with the idea of going back to Arasaka Academy after getting expelled because he... <laughs> beat the ever loving shit out of the asshole. <laughs> and so he he managed to get himself kicked out of the school, but they're also like, "Hey, we know that you're using that augment and you can handle it way better than we've seen anybody else handle it." As far as apparently after a while it might go after his mental, which was that whole cyber psychosis thing which was super interesting that we still don't know the result of yet because we still need to watch the rest. But the breakdown of cyber psychosis is essentially you mentally overload yourself with too much chrome and just lose your shit. You go crazy and start generally start attacking things or just becoming a nuisance to society. Yeah, you become evil because you lose control. And we're also introduced to Lucy. And I'm still not sure, like, she she seemed in the beginning just like a common thief who's mysterious. It's an anime. She is, of course, the epitome of a mysterious woman. That's just how it works. But, yeah. yeah, she's got great, she's an interesting character as it slowly develops, which I enjoy the interplay between her and David. Yeah, I like that we're not spending three seasons of 
will they, won't they, as he gets a nosebleed every time she looks at him kind of deal. Like the relationship develops pretty quickly and it's enjoyable to watch. Like the whole show has a, it's not rushing forward, but it is constantly moving forward, developing the story and the characters as we head towards the end point. Yeah. In fact, with meeting Lucy, she seems very welcoming, like very early on and just accepts him, brings him, saves him. He actually does have an episode where I think he was in. Yeah, I want to say it's the end of episode two after a day of hijinks of kicking his bully's ass and then stealing a bunch of stuff with Lucy. He's overloaded his system using this new Chrome that he doesn't quite fully understand. And it's he's I want to say he's dying. He's not really dying, but he is like breaking down. And it's not going well for him. Yeah, so he's in bad shape. Him, yeah, he's in real bad shape. So she takes him to the Ripper dock that installed the Chrome and they're able to help him out. And he's given forewarning to stop doing it 30 times every day. I think like the max is two or three, which of course he will not abide by. Yeah, of course, because he's different. He's able to activate his augments more frequently than the average user, because we're going to learn at some point why he's different. It's yeah, it's an interesting plot so far. The thing that he wasn't doing at the time, I recall now, was it was like a nerve blocker drug that he wasn't taking because he didn't know that he needed to, because I'm pretty sure this is like the initial chrome that he's taken on. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think the Ripper Doc told him or gave him anything. Just like, oh, here's your chrome, get out. Yeah, you die. I'm taking it out of you. Yep. Yeah, he pretty much said that. And so Lucy just accepts David in real, real quick, even saves his life, and then throws him to the wolves. Because that's pretty much how the second episode wraps, is they were experiencing a very intimate moment, not even like dirty, just like a romantic moment. And then... He pops out of the I'm guessing it was like a brain dance. He pops out of the brain dance to be surrounded and we weren't sure what was going to really happen next. And so that that's where we lead into episode three, where we learn that she's actually part of a group of cyberpunks of edge runners. And from there, David takes that opportunity to be like, I don't know if you I don't know if you really want to kill me, but. I got nothing to I got nothing to worry about. So get on with it kind of attitude. But then they he mentions his mom, Gloria, and they find out that was her son that they're currently dealing with. And that's where the whole cyberpunk arc, the edge runner arc rather begins. He starts to learn what they do and how they do it and then shows his worth. And it starts to go from there with us seeing where the main arc of this story is going, I think. Be interesting, but you left out the part where we find out that his mom is a dealer for these edge runners. Like, oh, that's right. Stolen the chrome that he has and was going to sell it to the edge runners, the main to put in because it's his and he wants it. David installs it first. And I'm curious if we're going to see more of that play out. It's a little odd that she seems to have a decent paying job, but is struggling and is working underhandedly with these people. Yeah. At this point, we pretty much gathered that the direction everything is headed is for David to 
join the edge runners, really learn the ropes and become a part of their crew. They, after meeting a bunch of other characters, I'll be honest with you, not a lot of their names stick. The main ones do. David, Lucy, those are the primary stars of the anime thus far. Then they've introduced us to several other characters, but without looking them up, I would not be able to tell you their names. I wouldn't because they play them off as very tertiary characters. See, I disagree a little bit. I get what you're saying. I would say that Maine isn't a tertiary character. He really seems to, to me standing as a father figure for David. His name is Maine? Maine, like the state. Really? Yes. See, that in itself is just a tough name to remember because you're not sure if they're referred. Is it the main plot? Is it the main point? Is it main something? No, it's main the person. Sure. And I almost wonder because like one thing we were doing a little differently is that you're watching the subbed version of it while I'm watching the dubbed version. When characters say names, I can make that connection a little bit better than it's just a word on a screen. True. Because there's also, I think her name's Becca. I feel like she's the lolly that is probably psychotic. Yes, I think you're right. I uh, Did they call her Rebecca or Becca? It might have just been Becca. I, I think it might be Rebecca, but she goes by Becca. Her eyes in the anime are crazy they look like one of those if you were to take a gobstopper and make it a lollipop oh yeah i can see that her whole yeah. character design is just interesting and cool yeah she's a lot of fun to watch and then she has a giant gun yeah it's real fun to watch her handle the weapons that she handles because they're all bigger than her for the most part so far i would say that i don't take issue with really anything that they've that they presented i like where the story's headed i don't think that there's anything in the story so far that i'm like ah, i wish they wouldn't deal with this part of it and if i were to arguably pick something to just go after i'd say where they're headed with things i'm looking forward to the fact that he's probably not gonna spend a bunch of time dealing with the whole will he won't he go back to arasaka academy we know now that the head of arasaka is interested in him because of his ability to handle the chrome and i'm looking forward to seeing how that part of it plays out but i'm hopeful that there won't be really any more of the academy stuff because who cares you're an edge runner now and really, the Academy is just is a ploy to try and get him back. Sorry, wait, Arasaka can either take control of him or view, check him out and see why he's able to do what he's doing. Yeah, figure yeah. out why he's different. Correct. And yeah, so far, I've enjoyed the way the story is laid out. We haven't really touched on episode four just yet. And it's a cool little interesting way to tell the story. So it's almost like we get to watch a bunch of character growth with the different characters in vignettes as they interact and David is wanting to take on more but Maine is making him train under Lucy but you get to see all these just little vignettes with little with music overlaid over them and no character interaction other than what you see visually yeah and man let us tell you the soundtrack for this anime is something else good music Maybe a little placed kind of crazy, but at the same time, it seems to fit every scene that they throw at it right now, right? It carries the story, it carries the characters, it plays along perfectly. 
and a lot of the music is actually super good. I, I would don't. say they definitely have knocked that part out of the park. Overall, the whole visual and the way the story is unfolding, I would definitely say that. Yeah. Yeah. Since you are listening to the dubbed version as opposed to just the traditional Japanese with subs, tell us a little about that because you had mentioned at one point we were watching this, watching this together through a remote watch party sort of deal and so he was able to change the audio for himself at one point because we brought it i brought it up as just a as a passing thing i was like oh i think something had happened oh that's right we were watching it with the i remember now we were watching it with the subtitles and at one point in the subtitles it actually prefaced a sentence as being in japanese and we we're like but we are listening to it in japanese what do you mean and so we switched it over real quick to english to verify the fact that it was spoken in japanese which is why we got the subtitle that prefaced it that way it was like oh they're just letting you know that even though you're reading it in english right now they still said it in japanese for the audio for the sake of the for the dialogue and at that point jonathan realized that there was several voice actors english voice actors that were involved that are some pretty pretty cool people and i continued in japanese because i was already invested that way so i was like it's fine i'll just keep going but who was it that you discovered as one of the voices one of the big ones was uh Giancarlo Esposito plays i believe the villain or a villain potentially that was faraday right she yeah i don't know if we've fully seen how that character is going to develop but yes he plays faraday which that was pretty cool don't honestly know if there are other you know cool names like that that came through i'm sure there's a lot of really lone voice actors involved with the project and i should brush up on on who some of those folks are it was really cool to find out that giancarlo esposito was one of the one of the voice actors involved with the project and so i'm looking forward to finding out more about who else on the english side participated in the series but yeah we've got to watch episodes five through ten i believe yet to finish things off right correct we still have six episodes left six more to go and they're probably going to go by super quickly because they're that good it was easy to just burn through the four that we watched i almost wanted to keep going but we had to find a good breaking point and because just talking about this much we've already consumed a whole episode of the podcast yeah we'll have at least one more to follow up yeah definitely one that we'll finish because i think it'll be really interesting to see where they go with this because i'm sure cyber psychosis is going to come into play more i wouldn't be surprised if it was like david who you know is going to suffer from it and where they're going to go with that typically only having experience from the game when get cyberpsychosis like it's you're done there's no real way to help you that i've at least seen so far the game incorporates that not as not for your character but there is a line of quest in which you're tasked to subdue or kill a bunch of people that are under cyberpsychosis interesting and so maybe too we'll uh, we'll follow up with a little bit concluding the season one arc i'm 
so hopeful there's going to be season two and we're not even done with the series yet. I, I'm also hopeful that the series isn't going to let me down and make me wish that I hadn't said that. Maybe I'll play the game a little bit too before our next uh, before our next recording so that I can speak to that a little bit better and we'll see how things compare. But also, I hope there's a season two. I really do. Like you said, we have to see how the season ends. I more hope that, yeah, we see a season two in the sense that we see another series with another story to tell in this world. That would be cool, too, is that if it actually makes it so that this is a like we got the David arc in season one. Maybe it moves on to a different character altogether in season two. We're probably speaking to it too prematurely. Probably. It just came out, but you know, looking into it, it does look like there's already a, a number of like comics or graphic novels that are part of this world. So I'm Snap. sure it is CD Project Red's intention to just continue to build this, which is exciting because that's what I want. I want to see a bunch of different stories and different mediums in this universe with only some minor overlap. If any, doesn't always have to have that. True. At this point, too, I'd say that CD Projekt Red jumped ahead of the curve of everybody else because now we're going to start seeing, or now we already know that there's supposed to be several video game-based movies coming out in the near future. God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, We've got The Last of Us as a series that's coming to HBO. That, I believe, begins there next year. I think Horizon Zero Dawn is also a series. Oh, snap. That's going to be amazing. That's one that I will happily talk about for ages. But, <laughs> oh, and Uncharted. Know, we won't speak about Uncharted. <laughs> Maybe we'll go back and do a review of that at some point. But in the meantime, we don't speak of Uncharted. <laughs> okay. But the thing that all those series and movies and stuff are doing differently is their adaptations their remakes are telling the story of the game in a different medium yes which is fine it's it can be enjoyable to do that and but what i really love here about cyberpunk is that it's their own unique story that are just taking place in the same universe right that don't have to have any kind of heavy overlap. You don't have to worry about having any kind of canon issue because the game shows something that your character never did. True. Truthfully, a topic for us to have later down is the idea that maybe it's okay for that to happen. I, I don't have an issue if the way I play through a game isn't the canon way and the, the writers and developers intended something else and that's how they build the story of the universe. Because then it allows them to continue to do things without having to worry about making it work for everybody. Like the issue you have with Mass Effect by the time you get to the third game. You just had to bring it into it, didn't you? Yeah. Like I said, really delve into that another point. Definitely. Another time. And that's where we'll conclude part one of the Cyberpunk Edge Runners series. We really enjoyed the first four episodes. They were a blast. So we'll be sure to come back and let you know what the last six episodes have to offer since we're doing it four and six, I guess. No big deal. Whatever. We'll figure out a way to make it work. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to hit that follow button, subscribe button, whichever one it is on whichever platform you may be listening on. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and I believe even Amazon Podcasts. We're pretty much we're out there. We're trying to be anywhere you might want to listen to us from. So be sure to be sure to hit that subscribe button. 
and leave us a little review. Leave us a comment or two. Let us know what you're enjoying about the series so far and what you would like to hear us do in the future. We've got a list that we're going through as far as the kinds of shows, movies, books, comics, whatever we want to discuss. But we'd also love to hear what you'd like to hear us talk about. So leave us a little feedback. We'd love to hear it. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of We're Too Literary, and we will be back next time with more. See you then.